Welcome to Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Southeast Texas. Good morning, the state of Texas. Good morning, the entire country and the world. How is everybody doing this morning? I trust we are all doing fine. Folks, remember that. Start the day on a positive note. Even if you're going through your ills and tribulations, a lot has to do with how you decide to hold the bull by the horns, how you decide to let things happen. Yes, it may sound simplistic, but there is some truity to it, my brothers and my sisters. And notice everyone I consider who's in the, in the, in the field of my ears or your ears, my brother and my sister forgot the word that I wanted to use there, but hey, it doesn't matter because nothing's going to make anything but my day positive and your day positive. Good morning, El Senor Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Weber in the control room. How are my favorite brothers doing this morning? Buenos dias. We are doing well. How are you? I am doing fine, senora. You said buenos dias. You know, I should have given I you something did. with an R to roll, though. You know, I like to play around that kind of a way. You know? Oh, I know, but it sounds it sounds silly when white people do it. Nah, 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 nah. We're not going there. You, you know, we're not going there. We're going to say, you know what? Let's just let's let's roll it, man. <laughs> Anyhow, we 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 have a great we got a great program for you today, and I'm going to start early with a video, an interview with um. But first of all, let me give you the title of the program. It's the definitive GOP versus them comparisons, and this should this should reopen the eyes of just about everybody, right? And like I tell people all of the times, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I only care about that you vote for policies that make all of us better people and make, give all of us better services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we have the Texas Rep explains the leggy attack on Harris County. We're going to have Joy and Reed from last night. Some ish, interesting statements on El Senor Ron DeSantis versus El Senor Waltz, who is the Minnesota governor. The, the reason I did this particular clip was to show that governance matters. And what you take as, uh, for your priorities matter to people, matter to those of you out there. And again, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are, your religion, your ideology. You all have children that you want that you, you want to be able to take care of. You all want, have families that you want to have a good life. We all want the same things. And people talk about different ways to get there. That's true. But, you know. Even as there are different ways to get there, you're trying to get there. And when there is a particular leadership in a particular party doing things that are diametrically opposed to getting people where they need to get, but at the same time, uh, eliciting uh, the, the, the value, uh, eliciting the wrong impressions from people, believing that they're providing that which they're not, well... We here at Politics Done Right and many others around the country with a albeit small platform, it is our job to inform. It is our job not to tell you what to do, but to let you know the results of what we've done. And that's what we try 
to do. No, that's what we try to do here. That's what we do here. That's what we consider our job. So folks, I, I hope you stick around. Tell all the folks that we exist. Let them know that there's a program on KPFT 90.1 that we all own. And when I say that, I mean that we all own. Let everybody know there is a KPFT 90.1 FM starting early in the mornings to late at night. Well, actually, it's 24 hours. That gives and makes a difference. That gives and makes a, that makes a difference. And we want you to be a part of this family. Anyway, folks, how can you listen to us anywhere? Tune in at 90.1 FM, Houston, of course. Uh, that's the that set the dials to 90.1 FM. Go ahead and download the TuneIn app from the Android store or the Apple store, whichever one. That's another way of listening to us. You can stream us with the TuneIn app. Just search for KPFT and you'll find us. You can go to our website, kpft.org. And when you go to kpft.org, just click the listen button and you can hear both of our channels, both HD1 and HD2. We are in HD1 right now. And you can go to, you can actually watch the program as well. Think about that, man. You know, some people are very visual. You can watch the program at facebook.com slash kpft Houston, facebook.com slash kpft Houston. Or you can check us out on YouTube, politicsdoneright.tv, politicsdoneright.tv. Watch the program. And of course, we want it interactive. We want to hear your thoughts. 713-526-5738-713-526-5738. Extension number two, extension numero dos. Don't want you to wait till the end because we kind of have to rush people through if all of you call at the end. So when you get a gist of what we're talking about, or if you want to change a subject, you can call anytime and talk about what you want to talk about. And of course, you can drop me a line at kpft at politicsdoneright.com, kpft at politicsdoneright.com, and tell me whatever you agree, you disagree, whatever you want to tell me. This is your program, and we want you to understand that this is, in fact, your program and you know when when many talk about like this they, it's cliche here it's not cliche this is your program you can call you can contact us there's a there's somebody that you can actually reach and talk to that is who we are community radio run by volunteers run by people who really care about you not just about the mighty Dollar. Anyhow, again, title of the show, The Definitive GOP versus Democratic Comparison, Texas Representative Explains Leggy Attack on Harris County and Autocracy. Two Houston activists created the definitive comparison between Democratic and Republican policies. State Representative Jolanda Jones appeared on MSNBC with Ali Velshi to discuss the Texas Leggy's attack on Harris County. And won't you, won't you know it, when I copied the newsletter over... From the site, I lost a sentence. Oh, my God. But anyway, folks, you can always find our newsletter at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. That is where we, the night before, we let all know what the program is about. And we also link to the videos and, and, and blogs that we discuss so that even if, we, even if you call in and change the subject, you can still go to what the original show was going to be about. Anyway, let's go ahead and get started. I think I'm going to go ahead and get started with 
what with the interview between Ali Velshi and Jolanda Jones talking about what's going to be up in store for Harris County. And I, I really like the preamble that Ali Velshi did. So let's go ahead and firstly check that out and then we'll come right back. Ali Velshi interviewed a good friend of mine who serves in the Texas State Legislature. And I just wanted to play her because I always love the way that she she handles stuff here in Texas. So uh, let's let, let's listen to a little bit of Jolanda Jones, who uh, represented us well on MSNBC recently when she had an interview about what was going on here in the great state of Texas. Take it over. The Republican Party, supposedly the party of small government and law and order, is once again proving that it is neither. Republicans in the state of Texas are trying to take over the administration of local elections, but not in every county in the state, just in Harris County, home of Houston, which happens to be not only the largest county in the entire state of Texas, but also its Democratic stronghold. So clearly, this is not about so-called election integrity. Texas Republicans have targeted Harris County before by passing a voter suppression bill that made it more difficult for minorities there to vote. Now it seems they're flat out trying to rig the game. But Harris County officials are fighting back, announcing a plan to sue the state over two Republican bills that they say are politically motivated and unconstitutional. And this comes as the state's top law enforcement officer who tried to overturn the 2020 election could be impeached tomorrow. Now, I don't know if you've been following the story, but for nearly a decade, Republicans have stayed silent about the mounting legal scandals facing the Attorney General Ken Paxton. But now a Texas House committee that's been investigating Ken Paxton voted unanimously to recommend impeaching Paxton, advancing 20 articles of impeachment, quote, on accusations that include bribery, dereliction of duty, disregard of official duty, and obstruction of justice, the Texas Tribune reports. He won re-election in 2018 while under indictment on state securities fraud charges without a single Republican challenger in his primary. He won re-election for a third time after he was, quote, sued in 2020 by four of his former aides who alleged that he fired them for reporting him to federal law enforcement for allegedly taking bribes and using his office to help one of his campaign contributors. NBC News reports. So much for law and order. This is the state's chief law enforcement officer. Those silent Republicans, however, are now going to go on the record about Ken Paxton when they vote on whether to impeach him tomorrow. But let's put that aside for a second and talk about what's going on in Harris County. Joining us now is the Texas State Representative Jolanda Jones. She represents parts of Harris County. Representative Jones, good to see you this evening. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Ali, how you doing? Thanks for having me. I'm always confused because during COVID, when there were counties, including Harris County, that wanted to, to put some restrictions in place about keeping people safe, Texas, the, the home of home rule, the one place that doesn't want big government interfering with small government that says people should make their own decisions, got involved and says no one could make any rules about COVID that contravened what the state of Texas said. Thought it was unusual then? It's unusual again now. They're getting involved in Harris County. What are they up to? No, Texas believes in home rule except for Harris County, and they're targeting us because we're the largest county in Texas. We had tremendous voter turnout. Uh, Harris County used to be Republican until 2018 when we had that wave of black women get in, get in. And so we're solidly Democratic, and they're coming after us, coming after us, and they're coming after us hard because we had a clerk who came up with very uh, innovative ways 
to increase voter turnout for everyone, not just Democrats, but Democrats and Republicans. We had 24-hour voting. We had, what else did we have? We had, oh, we had early, we had early voting last and longer. We sent out mail ballots to seniors to help them to vote. And we had tremendous turnout and they want to shut all that down. And they filed two bills that are going to help them, one, take our local voting and they're going to split it up into two separate departments. Uh, voter registration is going to be with our tax assessment collector. And then pulling off the elections is going to be with our clerk. And the reason that one is with the tax assessment collector is because it goes back to poll taxes. And we have to have we have to pay poll taxes. And then there's another one that says that the secretary of state will come in and be able to monitor Harris County and ultimately remove our election officials so that they can hijack the largest urban voting district in the state of Texas because which is, they want to keep- Which is a thing that's happening across this country that we have to keep an eye on, right? This is the thing that is worrying people, that there is this movement across the country that's, that's where states are saying they can come in, ostensibly on the basis of you in Harris County are doing something wrong, and change who administers votes, who knows change what. And, and you guys are arguing now that this is illegal and unconstitutional. Obviously, we watched the year before last when 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 you state representatives tried to sort of defend voting rights in, in your state. Unfortunately, you were voted down because the majority of the representatives are uh, are Republicans. Do you think you'll have more more success now because this is a, a, a legal case? Well, we hope to have it in the courts, but you know, they've gerrymandered the districts. They've appointed a whole bunch of Republican uh, judges. And then, of course, we know the Supreme Court is Republican, but we are going to fight. We we will not stop fighting because what they are doing is wrong. And they're trying to determine the outcomes of the elections because we have a bunch of election deniers over the top of the state. What what do you um, what happens here? Because in in Harris County, as you said, this is a a county that used to be solidly Republican. It's now Democratic, but there are lots of Republicans there. There have got to be Republicans in Harris County because this is the wealthiest county in in the entire state who've got to be saying this can't be right. I'm a Republican in Harris County, but I can't this can't be allowed. How do Republicans want this to happen? So let me let me be clear. That's exactly who wants this to happen, because Republicans were used to controlling Harris County. Now they don't. A bunch of black people got elected and now they have lost their minds. They're trying to take Harris County back to the old days, to the Jim Crow days. And we're going to fight. We have a county attorney who sues the state of Texas every time they do anything, every single solitary time, which is the reason why people know exactly what's going on here in Harris County, because he is not afraid and he will take them to the mat. And that now uh, that let me just make one one quick mention, because this was right before the vote in the House and the Republican House summarily. Impeached the AG, and now there's going to be an an impeachment trial in August. This is unheard of. I think it only occurred two times before. But the big the big issue that she wanted to discuss is are the laws that were passed that are going to have a material effect in Harris County and the vote. Uh, we are we 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 are going to have to be very prepared. We're going to have to knock on doors. We're going to have to help people register to vote. 
And as, as you know, as it turns out, uh, like we say all of the times, and you hear Howard, our, our great engineer in the, in the control room, talk about all of the times, voting is supposed to be easy and it's your responsibility to do. And if you have people that are trying to take it away, more so than ever, you should fight for it. I just want, I just want to get Howard, before I move on, to be on his soapbox again, because I love when he urges folks, look, do your job. Get out there to vote. Brother Howard. Oh, now you're going to make me work this morning. Yes. <laughs> All right, people. You know what it is. You know what it is. It's voting. It is your civic responsibility as an adult and a registered voter to get out there and make your voice heard. You don't like what's going on? Vote them out. You don't like what's going on? Vote them out. I say it again. You don't like what's going on? Vote them out. Use your power. And honor those people who fought for your right to vote. People died. They died in wars. They died in the streets for your right to vote. Do not, do not lose that right to vote. It was paid for in blood by your blood brothers. Get out there. You don't like it? Vote them out. Vote them out. You want somebody else in there? Vote them in. Use your power to do it. And I think I'm going to get off my soapbox and get some more coffee. How about that? <laughs> I hear you, brother. I, I, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, let me see. We, we have some folks that are saying for some reason they're not hearing, uh, they're not hearing the voices on, uh, I guess some of the voices they're not hearing on the, um, on the feed, but I think it's fixed now because I'm looking at this, all the signals and it looks like it's going fine. All right, let's see. Uh, the, the second subject that I wanted to cover had to do with uh, Joy and Reed. What she did is she compared, and, and it's not the entire gist of, of the piece here, but what she did is she compared what DeSantis is doing in uh, Florida against what Walls is doing in Minnesota. Let me just tell you, Minnesota got a one-vote majority, a one-vote majority Minnesota got in their legislature uh, by, for, for Democrats, right? And as you know, right now, Republicans have been doing a whole lot of work on, on these issues that divide people, trans issues and, and uh, women's rights to their own bodies issues and all these different issues they are concerned about, but nothing else. Not things that help people eat, not things that give people jobs, these policies. Well, what she wanted to contrast was what DeSantis is doing in Florida with what could have been done when you look at just a one-vote majority in Minnesota and how powerful an agenda the Walls uh, government in Minnesota has. Those people ought to be singing the praises of their governor. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to go ahead and play that. But before I play that, I want to remind everybody, this is your program, 713-526-5738, extension numero dos, extension number two. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. I would love to hear from you, whether you are here in Texas or elsewhere, because I see people listening from all over. So please feel free. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. Now let's listen to uh, Joy Ann, and then we'll go ahead and then take it on the other side. Joy Ann Reed had a piece that she did yesterday that I want to play. 
And the reason why it's about DeSantis totalitarianism, the way, you know, he wants to make America Florida. But uh, she contrasted with the, the uh, governor of Minnesota with a one vote Democratic majority, how much he did. How much were they able to accomplish? I want you to check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Everyone knows if I'm the nominee, I will beat Biden uh, and I will serve two terms and I will be able to uh, destroy leftism in this country and leave woke ideology on the dustbin of history. That was Ron DeSantis on Memorial Day with a big old warship in the background, assuring Americans that as your two term president, he will destroy leftism and wokeism. Okay, let's unpack that, because that sure sounds like a massive federal overhaul of American life. And we already have a good sense of what that would look like. In the most recent Florida legislative session, DeSantis and his minions waged a war on women's reproductive rights. He's banned books. He greenlit draconian restrictions on speech in schools. He's pushed a ban on black history, hurled governmental power at individual businesses to punish them for speech he didn't like, and made guns easier to access. That's what he's done and what he wants to do to the rest of this country, per his own words, make America Florida. Contrast that with Minnesota's Democratic Governor Tim Walls, a man who is not running for president. In his state's most recent legislative session, he moved to get families paid family and medical leave, increased funding for free school lunches for kids, passed tax credits to low-income families, strengthened gun laws, protected reproductive rights, and moved to make housing more affordable. None of that governing stuff is apparently appealing to DeSantis, even though Florida is in desperate need of the same help. Have you seen how much it costs to rent a place in Florida? What it costs to insure your home? The logical implication of DeSantis' statement about destroying wokeism is that if he's elected president, the federal government would ignore your material and economic needs and instead would micromanage every aspect of your life. So I guess DeSantis, the DeSantis administration, would move to replace the boards of every one of the approximately 6,000 public universities in this country that he thinks are too woke, like he did to New College in Florida. And he's going to need some de facto morality police to monitor what you read and ban books in America's 90,000 odd public schools. President DeSantis would ban artistic freedom of speech, of course, and wield the federal government like a sledgehammer against businesses who do anything that displeases him and other members of the far right. A national six-week abortion ban? Make America Florida, am I right? You want to control your body anymore, ladies? Nah, Chairman, sorry, President DeSantis is going to do that. And there is a model for what this little dictator in the making wants to do. Just look at China, Cuba, North Korea, Afghanistan, or Iran, where the government censors the media or force feeds a strict conservative religious ideology to children in schools, deploys morality police to make sure you're wearing what they want, learning what they want, doing what they want. That model also happens to have a name. And it's called totalitarianism, the political concept that the citizen should totally be subject to an absolute state authority. DeSantis's proposal would also require a massive multi-trillion dollar federal investment in a humongous bureaucracy to control and squash unwanted wokeness. Let me guess, who get Mexico to pay for it? Freedom from big government used to be a pretty basic Republican principle, but I guess that went out the window along with respect for democracy. 
that hasn't stopped other states from adopting the ideas of DeSantis stand. That, that doesn't make it a winning strategy. Actually, it makes it a losing strategy. So, I mean, did you see the contrast, the things that DeSantis is t- talking about? We're going to stop the wokeness. We're going to stop the, the, the we're going to stop the left. We're going to all the things we are going to do to not do things. And then we have the governor of Minnesota out there doing things that actually help people doing things that helps people. Wow. Is that great or what? I mean, who do you think America is going to vote for? The person that is in constant, uh, in, in constant, well, you know, what can I say? Now, I, I want to say something, though, because it, it is easy for, uh, for many of us to immediately come out and say, yeah, who is America going to vote for? Well, if we take a look at the, um, the election of 2020, uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It, I found it a bit scary. And the reason I found it a bit scary is the following. And by the way, folks, give me a call. 713-526-5738. Again, 713-526-5738, extension number two. And I want to beg of you to call early, not at the end where uh, we kind of have to rush you through. I want you, if you want to call in and say your piece and, 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 and have some time to talk, I want you to be able to call and have that time, not wait till the end. 713-526-5738, extension number two. But I want to say this. This is important. I tell you why 2020 scared me. Uh, first of all, the president, the presidential candidate that has received the most vote in American history. Well, the second most votes in American history is Donald Trump. And that occurred in 2020. And he got more votes than any previous presidential candidate before. He got more votes in 2020. Remember, Hillary Clinton beat him by 3 million votes in 2016, even though she lost the Electoral College. Well, he won more votes than Hillary Clinton won in that election in 2020. Trump did, yes. And Biden, however, uh, zoomed it much further by over 7 million votes over Trump, right? He beat Trump by over 700, about 7 million votes. But here is something, here's a part that really, really scared me. If you take a look at Biden's winning margin in the Electoral College, meaning how many votes would have, have, would have had to switch for Biden to lose that election if key states had flipped? How many votes? If Biden had lost in the order of 40,000 votes, 40,000 votes in three states, we would have had President Trump with, even though he would have lost by over 7 million votes, he would have still won the election. And let's, let's put this into further perspective. Further perspective, Hillary Clinton lost to Trump by more votes than Biden won over Trump. 
In other words, about 80,000 votes would have had to flip in these key states for Hillary to have won the Electoral College, even with eight with, with her three million vote win. That is scary, folks. That is not democracy. When we talk about America as the bastion of democracy, let's understand what we have written into law. Let's understand that for progressives or people who want things done to win in this country, they have to win overwhelmingly in many states or else it doesn't happen. Let's go ahead and go to Paul on line one. Come on in, Paul. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you, sir? I am doing fine, sir. Talk to me. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, you know, the strategy behind what the Sanders want to do is the old playbook, what would Republicans do? And that is create fear. Fear of something being taken away. The fear of the browning of this country. It's all going to be based on fear. But the good news is children my kids' age are active voters and they're not going to stand for it. That is so true. Children of, of that, your children are not going to stand for it. And I think that is so important for us to realize, sir, they are not going to stand for it. And we have to remember that. We have to remember that they won't stand for it. Anything else you want to tell me, my friend? That was all. And, you know, I just love listening to your show no matter what time of the day it is. Uh, well, thank you. Every single time. The most dependable show is the Eckhartto Willis show. Man, I, 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 I appreciate your kind words, my brother. I do appreciate your kind words. Thank you so kindly. And uh, it seems like um, the, the telephone is not getting passed on to the Internet. We are going to try to fix that as we go along. But thank you so kindly for your, anything else you want to add, sir? Uh, my my, my uh, phone was trying to connect to my Bluetooth. And that's why I <laughs> Okay, great. Thank you so kindly. And you have a wonderful rest of your day, sir. All right. Uh, let, let's see. Uh, anyway, folks. Um, so, yeah, thank you so kindly for that, uh, that, th- that, that kudos. And now let me get back to what I was talking about. By the way, Persuasive Barrier is in the house. Eric Hayes is in the house. We also have Paul Fleming from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We have Diggs from Houston. We have Eric from Kingwood. And Persuasive Barrier, I can never remember where you're from, but Great to have you listeners on uh, the internet as well. I could not do this without the entire PDR posse. As I said, the PDR posse, the one and only, you guys are wonderful. Anyhow, so the next subject that we want to talk about, unless somebody calls in and changes subject, and by the way, the telephone number is 713-526-5738, 713-526-5738. Hey, I want to queue up uh, Jack Van Beber in case Jack Van Beber wants to say something before I change the subject. Always like to make sure our control room is well representative because we are a team in this thing called persuasive fact-based talk radio i know he I, there's a certain Hello, guy in there that's not into talk hey what's up jack good morning Egberto. good morning Egberto. sir 
¿Cómo estás? Well, it's the same old thing, you know, they're trying to take our rights away again. You know, why does the state want to control the outcome of an election in Harris County? And they they said why it's because we mostly vote Democratic because we're such a diverse city, Harris County, Galveston County, Montgomery County, all the counties around Harris, you know, are, are, are more Democratic. So, you know, that's why they, they want to overturn it. They want to reach in and say, override what the people say and what they vote for, you know. And the sad thing about it is, is, you know, all these, uh, these Texas legislators, they don't care about democracy anymore because they're bought and paid for with the free speech corporate money they're getting to uh yes. to bring about this this corporate agenda on the people you know we've we've elected uh politicians that were supposed to be businessmen you know and they want to shrink government but they want to shrink it so they can profit exactly That's and you know jack what we got to do jack and sorry to, i i kind of stepped over you there I, i thought you were done uh what we have to do though jack is Uh, what we're doing here, making folks aware not only of what's going on, but that they have the power to change it. But let me go back into the program and ask folks to say to call 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. We're ready to take your calls. You can call and change the subject if you so desire. But that's what we're all about here. Anyhow, uh, persuasive barrier. Well, let's see. First, we get Eric Hayes says no more redistricting that was not right in 2022 and not having enough paper and voter suppression too. Yeah, that wasn't voter suppression. That was uh, we following the rules and doing paper ballots. But there, there's a long story to that. That's not the purview that I can talk about right now. Persuasive Barry said that's why it's important to keep issues local and not try to spread or focus evenly across each state, particularly with states that tip the wind for one or another. That's a that there's a hell of a lot of truth to that persuasive barrier. Persuasive barrier also says pretending this system was designed for minority rule from the House to equal footing in the Senate state by state. Wyoming should not have two Senate seats, as is exactly correct. Once you have a very tiny state like Wyoming having the same amount of representation in the Senate as, let's say, California, you're automatically saying that a vote in Wyoming has more weight than a vote in California. And that's not democracy. And it doesn't matter what the intent was when that occurred. That isn't democracy. And uh, what we find is we are living under laws that most Americans don't want because a minority of Americans decide that their will will be done. So we can change that. Anyway, the the last subject and uh, the, 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 the one that's, that I think sh- you're, you're going to appreciate, uh, there are two um, activists, Colby Wright and Ted Weisgold in Houston, uh, created what uh, can only be called a definitive comparison and outcomes of Democratic policies versus Republican policies. The numbers are staggering. And when I tell you the numbers are staggering, I mean the numbers are staggering. One of the issues is that few people are analytical by nature, however. While the numbers may not be immediately grasped by those most afflicted by the disparities, 
The document can be a building block to create a population-based customized narrative that can reach many of them. And I want to point this out. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny because I got an email yesterday with a PDF. And this PDF was this analysis, right? And by gosh, it was one of the guys that's on the board. It, one of the guys that came up with the document or helped put the document together other than Colby Wright was Ted Weisgill, who's on our on our um, on our board here at KPFT as well. And I immediately called him up when I got this email. I think he sent it out to quite a few people. And I said, wait a minute. Did you come up with this? He said, uh, Colby and myself came up with this document to really illustrate the realities of, you know, of the policies. And it was kind of centered around Pacifica. And I said, well, you know what? Do I have permission to use this document of the research you guys did? They said, yes, that I could. And I said, you know what else I want from you guys? I'm going to put both of you guys on air sometime to further discuss how you came up with this document. All right. And they said, okay, so we'll bring that interview to you sometime later. But I want to talk about some of the issues that they, they brought out and the, the, the numbers that they come out. And Augie, I'm going to come to you as soon as I'm done with this economy part. It's going to be just for a couple minutes. They pointed out the following. Data for the following was acquired from the 2020 presidential election results, the 2020 census, and other identified sources. Policies are sourced from platforms of the Texas Democratic Party and the Texas Republican Party. States that voted for Biden are referred to as Democratic states, and states that voted for Trump are referred to as Republican states. And what did they show? The average GDP per capita is 13.2% higher in Democratic state. In fact, of the 25 states with the lowest GDP per capita, 15 voted Republican, 10 voted Democrat. But here's a kicker. The average GDP per capita by state, Democratic state, $76,666. Republican state, only $67,725. Average poverty rate, 10.9% in Democratic states, 12.9% in Republican states. Federal dependency score. In other words, which states get more from the government than they take in? Democratic states, 32%. Republican state, 46%. So assuming that the policies in these red states were better and, con and more conducive to economic activity and more conducive to the benevolence of your people, more conducive to your people living better, the data is out there and it tells a different story. So when they're telling you uh, in these states, vote for us because what we do makes make your lives better, it's hogwash, right? And I have a lot more to talk about on these issues from this, this research done by these guys looking at publicly available data. But let's go to Augie, line one. Augie, come on in, my friend. How are you doing today, sir? Okay. Well, talk, right. talk to me, my brother. Hey, uh, well, I was thinking about some of the callers you had uh, Monday and Tuesday. Roy, uh, who was just kind of you know, uh, promoting his ideas uh, loud and uh, and you try to uh, you know, stop him so you could, uh, uh, you know, counter what he had to say. Right. Uh, when we were at Lovett, and we had a 
uh, fun drives. We'd get callers like him every so often. And the same thing would happen. They wouldn't let us rebut whatever they were saying. So maybe you can ask them, uh, uh, what do you base uh, your views on? Uh, where did you get your information? Maybe you can slow down uh, uh, their, their talk on you. But I'm, I'm proud of how you uh, handled it in callers like it. But anyway, I just wanted to, um, so, uh, I've been hearing, uh, um, uh, people like them for a long time. The last good revenue we had was Dan Richards and has gone downhill ever since. And, uh, I just wanted to talk about, like, I have a cousin who lives in West, married a Czech girl, and there was an explosion there that killed, I think, 17 firefighters. Right. Uh, they just had a celebration for uh, those firefighters who died. But uh, they didn't mention that uh, the that legislatures in Austin, the Republican ones, said it was their fault they died, that they went into the fire uh, on their own. And blame the firefighters for trying to put out a fire and getting killed. But uh, and they also didn't explain that the fire didn't have to happen. Uh, the state legislators made it a law. If ins- inspectors went in and found a uh, dangerous situation, and they reported it, they'd be fired. Before that explosion, two inspectors did come in. They saw this dangerous situation. But they couldn't tell anybody in West about it because they'd be fired because of laws Republicans in Austin had passed. And uh, that's the kind of stuff we're fighting now. And and I hope more people become aware of it in other parts of Texas, especially things with uh, like uh, Paxton and Patrick and Abbott. Abbott went to Uvalde after the shooting. and. Uh, one of the things he said was there was a mental health problem after he had already cut more than $200 million from the state budget for mental health. Right. Then he got invited there by the Republican mayor. The people of Uvalde invited Beto. And that's why Beto was there to confront Abbott. And, and then Abbott kicked him out. No. But, uh, that's where quite more here in Texas. I don't know people are aware. Okay, you said something that I, I'm interrupting you because you said something that is very important that I want folks to realize. You notice Augie talks about uh, state laws and people not being able to say certain things or else they'll be fired or whatever. We even have a, a state law that they're tempted. I don't. I, I have to look it up to see if it went through, but I think it went through where uh, even here in, in our county, the state is wanting to come in to prevent us from creating rules that govern companies uh, to do exactly what Augie was talking about, to govern uh, the the, the uh, labor rights and the safety rights and all these other issues. I mean, in, in places like Houston, they try to create uh, work environments where you don't get hurt where, uh, and, and many other things like that. And what's occurring is the companies are trying to circumvent our rules in these local areas 
so that the state can force themselves onto saying you don't have to abide or this or the city or the county can't create laws that is better for the environment better for the worker etc 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 you heard Augie talk about blaming the firefighters for going into a fire etc shameful but these are the types of things that are occurring howard come on in this is the kind of stupid stuff we need to get rid of. Vote them out. I will say that there is a federal law that supersedes all state laws protecting whistleblowers. Yes. So they can pass all the laws they want to, but superseded by federal law, they're not going to mean much. It's going to mean a lot of uh, problems for the people who are trying to do the right thing. But in the end, when there's a lawsuit, the federal law supersedes it. So I wouldn't be too much worried about that. Although it's just some type of a, this is just an awful thing that they're trying to do. Yes. Yes. This is why we need to vote them out. Another, another example of why we need to vote them out. But let me just, let, I'm coming to Augie in a second, but I want to say something to, to my brother here, um, Howard. And that is why we have to do what we're doing, Howard, because again, many people don't know this and they wouldn't have known this until we're talking about it. Because if you listen to regular mainstream media, they may touch on it one or two times. We bring this up in our discussions daily, not only from what we start here at, let's say, KPFT, but when Augie calls in and, and other knowledgeable people who have the who get that platform to call in and make a difference and inform their fellow brothers and sisters, your fellow Texans, your fellow Americans. So that is why we do what we do. That's why Howard does what he does. Even though he wants his music, I know he likes a little bit of his talk as well. Right, Howard? I do like my music. That is for sure. <laughs> but anyway, Augie, uh, come on in, Augie. What else you want to tell us? Okay. And uh, you're talking about totalitarianism. The last two weeks, George W. was governor. He passed what they call midnight laws. Yes. And the people don't read the papers that much. So I guess they might have missed that. They talk about democracy, the Republicans do, but then they're, they're pushing their, their own views on the rest of us Texans here. And one of the laws passed was uh, where an employer could fire an employee for no reason at all and made it a right to work uh, state, which meant a right to be a serve for a slave. <laughs> yeah. And a friend of mine uh, got fired because of that. Well, the second line boss didn't like him, so he put up a Trump charge to get him fired. But, but Texas yep. has always been that way. It's been a right to yeah. work state forever. Unions are not yeah. strong here. It wasn't even George W. Bush that did that. It was before him, way before him, because I got into a little tussle with an employer myself and lost the case. And uh, they said it's a right to work state. They can fire you for any or no reason at all. They don't even have to tell you why they're firing you. But that's the right yeah. to work state that Texas is. And it's been that way yeah. for decades. But uh, I worked for a union company and we had union lawyers. And when the uh, Employees, union employees got fired. The union lawyers would take the court, and they would usually get their jobs back. But after George W. passed the laws like he did, uh, my friend of mine, uh, uh, when he went to court to fight his firing, he had one lawyer 
the company had a, a, a table load of, of lawyers, and he won the case for the first time. And then the company has two appeals. So those lawyers appealed the, the, the first case, and, and my friend won the second, I mean, the first appeal, but then the, the last appeal, but the lawyers, had, you know, they, they did their case. They came, the, the company lawyers came to shake the hands of my friend's lawyers, thinking he had won. But then the lawyer, I mean, the judge came back and, and said, uh, sorry, Governor George W. Bush passed this law and, uh, and said, because of that law, my friend lost his job. You know, and then he lost his job, his wife divorced him, and he was the, one of the best employees in our garage. I was a phone company repairman. You know, Augie, Augie, I'm going to have to kind of cut to go to finish the, the thing because we're coming up on time. But let me just say this. Um, uh, that is uh, that goes back to all that we talk about folks needing to go out there and vote and not only go out there and vote, but get informed as to uh, not the rhetoric that folks talk about, but the reality of what what occurs in our country, my brother. So, look. Thank you so kindly for calling in. Thank you so kindly for being one of our wonderful supporters out here, Augie. So um, we'll take we 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 we'll make sure to keep doing what we're doing, and I hope you keep calling in and keep making folks aware of the things around around not only Texas but around the country, my brother. Well, I need to meet you for breakfast one of these days. Yeah, it's, well, we we are we we just need to set up and schedule. Uh, uh, you have you have my email. We'll schedule when we go out and uh, we, we go out, sir. So, so drop me the line and tell me what your dates look like, and we'll get it done. All right, brother. All right. Sounds good. Anyway, folks, uh, we want to continue here with the differences in uh, in in states with regards to economy. So I I gave you the economic numbers, and that was that. In, in, in the red states, those states that had voted for Trump versus a state that's voted for Biden, again, the difference in income, $76,000 median income or average income versus 67 for Republicans. And as far as poverty, two, uh, 2% higher in red states, according to dependency score, a whole 14% more dependent in red states than blue states, but it gets it, it, it gets progressively worse. Insured rates, 93% versus 90% in uh, red states. When it comes to life expectancy, 81% of states with life expectancies above 77 voted Democratic. 69% of states with life expectancy below 77 voted for uh, the Republican Party. Again, uh, when we, your vote matters, as we constantly say, your vote matters and who you put into office matters. And not because somebody tells you something is woke or something is bad for you or, or those people over there are going to cause you harm. Not because they say it makes it true. Because what is absolute are the numbers. You know, we talk about 
morality a lot. You know, they, they, one would want you to believe that there's something more moral in these red states than in the blue states, right? They would want you to believe. Uh, and by the way, Eric wants me to post the PDF. Brother Eric, uh, in, the, in my newsletter, it's, it, it, there's a link to the PDF in my newsletter. Go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. And when you pull up today's show, which is title for the title for today's show, you'll be able to see the entire thing with graphs and everything. We talk about the morality of, let's say, the red states, and we want to ban abortions, and we want to control a woman's body. But here's the reality. Average teen birth rate by state, Democratic, 10.6. It also has the sources, Eric Hayes, from the Brookings Institute from, uh, and from many other places, but the sources are also given to you in the, in the PDF. Uh, Democratic uh, teen birth rate, 10.6%. 10.6%. But Republican birth rate, 17.9%. Teen birth rate by states. So a whole 8% or so larger in Democratic states and in Republican states. But here's a kicker. And for Texas, 20.3%. Worse than the national average, worse than the national Republican average, which is much worse than the Democratic states. These are facts, people. You know, we get smoke blown up, you know what? When you hear Patrick and the governor talks, when they talk about guns and all, you hear all kinds of stuff. And you just have to say, let's look, as an engineer, all I worry about are numbers. All I see are numbers and also humanity, right? And when you see what these people talk about, and then you look at the reality, it gives bloviating another meaning. The average incarceration rate by state, Democratic state, 234.1 per 100K, and Republican, 366.6 per 100K. Again, Eric wants to say, well, I bet it's in blue cities. Now they want to partake, sub, subdivide the, the states into the blue sides of the states. I bet is where worse things are. Well, no, it is actually the state in control. And again, if we look at it on a per state basis, which is what you should use, the state has a governor. And by the way, Texas has one of the highest incarceration rate. Texas is ranked 44th in incarceration rate with 443 per 100,000. That is who we are. That is who we are. When it comes to social justice, right? Number of hate crimes reported by year, eight. 1,210 increase red states. We can go over and over. The, 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 it's a very comprehensive document from gun control. We have democratic states with a 10.3 per capita, per 100,000 gun rate, uh, people getting shot, killed. Republicans, 16.7, a whole 62% higher in red states. Drug policy. I mean, what I'm telling you, folks, is you hear the rhetoric on TV and you hear the braggadociousness from these uh, Republicans giving you the impression that things are better under their policies. But how it affects your own families, 
your own way of living, the amount of money you get, all these issues, it hurts us for who we voted for. It hurts our health care. It hurts our longevity. It hurts our income. It hurts what we have. It hurts the disparity. All these things because of our vote. So you have to ask yourself, are you voting your interests? And some people are voting their interests. Their interest is, I, I will do bad so that you don't do good. If that's your interest, it's understandable. But if you really care in humanity, if you really care in morality, if you really care in people, if you really care, you would make your vote reflect who you are. You will make your vote reflect what we need. You will make your vote reflect who, who and what we want the best out of. Please, people, please, let's not continue to allow them to snow us. Let's make sure and be who we really want to be. It is so darn important. It is so darn important that we are not snowed. We got to get out of here. So I want to thank all of you who are listening. I want you to do some more calling. I, I, I know you have questions. I know there are times that you, I know you want to listen to, but give us a call. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want. And also send me a, drop me a line, kpft, or kpft at politicsunright.com, kpft at politicsunright.com. This program is only as good as you want it to be. This program is only as good as your participation, whether it's by email, text, on the chat, which we had a lot of chat today and elsewhere. But we love having you. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. Thank you. I'll Senor Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber in the control room. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.